3. Lord, we thank you that in you we have hope, as we've been singing, and in you we have mercy, and you're the God who redeems us. And we thank you that our hope is in your word, that word that became flesh and made his dwelling in our midst. So we come, Lord, praying for uh, those who are sick. Today, Lord, we remember murder and we give thanks, uh, even in these last days, that he's slightly better. And we uh, pray for the family at this time. We also give thanks for Gillian being with us. And, Lord, we also remember uh, Tom's Dorothy, who was due to have an operation on Wednesday and was cancelled because of all the emergencies with people falling on, on, the, on the icy conditions. And we know, Lord, that Dorothy's been in great pain. And we just pray, Lord, for you to be with her with this disappointment. And uh, we, we thank you for, for the fact that we can pray for our friends and knowing that you're a God who hears us and who answers us. And we hear of different sadnesses at this time of year. Not everyone is looking forward to Christmas. There are those who are lonely and those who are in poverty. Uh, but we thank you for the efforts being made by churches and community groups, Lord, to, to make this uh, a special time of year for everyone. We pray, Lord, for organizations like the Salvation Army who do a lot of work in this at this time of year. We're saddened to, to read of tragedies in Birmingham with that car accident and another bombing in Pakistan where a church, Methodist church, has suffered loss of life through extremists. But we thank you, Lord, that you came as light to dispel the darkness. And we pray, Lord, that we would look to Jesus and we would invite people to church at this time of year. We would pray that our friends would even come uh, here or to the well for the carols uh, by candlelight. Lord, anything or anywhere, Lord, that they would hear the gospel of Jesus Christ proclaimed in song and uh, in proclamation, the proclamation of your word. Thank you for the money raised for Mission International that over 40 young children will be fed well on Christmas Day through the coffee morning proceeds yesterday. And we thank you, Lord, for this congregation and thank you for those who are with us today visiting. And we pray your blessing upon all of us now as we come and turn to your word. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, we normally have a children's talk and we're going to have one. Because we have a child, although he's turned his back on me. <laughs> it's okay. So, James, you come up. We're all children, really. Absolutely. James is desperate to do a children's talk. No, he's, not. <laughs> <laughs> he's been drafted in. We've got one child over on that side. Where's Millie Rose? Oh, Millie Rose. I forgot Millie Rose is here. Sorry. Of course, you never know what that is. 
fully across. Well done. Does anyone know what the fully across is? So let's turn to Luke chapter 2. I think the slide might have said Luke 1, so Angus was in trouble. <laughs> Esther was struggling for a wee while there. <laughs> anyway, uh, we turn to Luke chapter 2, and uh, when we read the nativity story in the Bible, we're, we're aware of angels. Um, we believe in angels. And here the angel, remember Gabriel in chapter 1 of uh, Luke appeared first to Zechariah in the temple telling Zechariah that his wife Elizabeth uh, would bear a son who would be called John. Of course that would be John the Baptist, uh, the forerunner of the Christ. Then the angel Gabriel was sent by God to Mary to announce to her uh, the coming of the Messiah. And last week we saw in Matthew chapter 1 uh, where the birth of Jesus was announced to Joseph in a dream by the angel sent a, by the Lord to, to appear in, in a dream to Matthew. And remember, Joseph had in mind to quietly divorce Mary uh, because she was pregnant. But the angel of God commanded instead, commanded Joseph instead to take Mary into his home and take her as his wife. So God would bring his blessing to the whole world through the coming of this baby. But before the baby was to be born, a journey needed to be undertaken. And we see that here in uh, Luke's gospel, this journey to Bethlehem. And I suppose this, the standout verse is what the angel says to the shepherds. For unto us, unto you rather, is born this day, in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. So three headings today, Savior, Christ, and Lord. These titles given to Jesus, even as he lay there, uh, a babe in the manger. So first of all, Savior. Here in these first verses in chapter 2, Luke, who wrote the gospel, uh, sets really in history uh, this account of the birth of Jesus. So it's a historical fact that Caesar Augustus, 
It was Roman Empire at the time. He reigned, remember, uh, between uh, 31 BC and AD uh, 14. And in God's divine providence, this governor, Quirinius, uh, was governor of Syria, and he called for a census of the whole entire Roman world. So Joseph, although living in Nazareth, was born in Bethlehem, the city of David. And remember we saw last week uh, that it's also mentioned that Joseph was a descendant of King David. So here Joseph made his way to Bethlehem with Mary, who by now is very heavily pregnant. And this really was to fulfill what the Old Testament said. Remember Micah chapter 5 verse 2? But you, O Bethlehem Ephrata, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. So this Messiah who existed from all eternity was coming into the world. And we read that while they were there, verse 6, the time came for uh, the birth of this baby. And we read that she made give birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, a feeding trough for animals, because there was no place for them in the inn. So here is Bethlehem, the city of David, and it's full to overflowing because of all these people who have traveled for this census. So there was no welcome for this king, this king of kings, this lord of lords, but the announcement of his birth was made to lowly shepherds, and it would be carried forth by the angels. In the same region, verse 8, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with fear. They were filled with fear. This awesome presence of the glory of God all of a sudden broke forth. And even right through this nativity story, we see the angels coming and says, look, don't be afraid. Do not fear. May for boo. Do not fear. Remember, um, and we see it here in verse 10. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Earlier, the angel Gabriel said to Mary, Do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, God saves. And remember last week to Joseph, the angel said, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for, which is conceived for, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, you might be facing a situation today that's causing you fear or anxiety or concern. And the Lord is saying to you, don't be afraid. I'm in this. And I know what I'm doing, even although you don't know what's going on. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did 
as the angel had commanded. We're told that in Matthew chapter 1. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she gave birth to a son, and he called him the name Jesus. So it's very important to do what the Lord wants us to do, even in the midst of uncertainty or anxiety or concern or worry. The Lord knows what he's doing. And here in verse 21, on the eighth day when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him. Did you notice this? The name that the angel had given him before he had been conceived. Remember the words of old Simeon in the temple as he took the baby Jesus in his arms. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. He is Savior. That you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory uh, and for glory to your people Israel. So the world needs a Savior. You need a Savior. And the Savior was none other than God Himself. We were singing in Psalm 130 and verse 8, He Himself will redeem Israel from their sins. Back in chapter 1 in Zechariah's song, He, God, says Zechariah, and that's a great song of praise, has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Remember John's gospel, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it through him. So the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Remember the words of Paul to the church in Rome, God exalted him, Jesus, to his own right as prince and savior. So friend, Jesus paid the price for sin, and Jesus opened up the way of peace with God. He is at God's right hand as prince and savior. So he offers salvation today. He is the author of salvation, and he is mighty to save. A Savior has been born. But thinking of that other carol or little town of Bethlehem, remember these words, O holy child of Bethlehem, descend on us, we pray, cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell, O come to us, abide with us, with me, Lord Emmanuel. So he is Savior and he is Christ. Verse 11, For unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth lying in a manger. Now Christ is a title. Messiah. The Greek for Messiah. The Savior Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, Messiah and Christ really can be interchangeable. Uh, it means the same thing. And after watch, I've got a Greek student in today. So in the Greek, it's Christos. In the Hebrew, it's Messiah, the anointed one. In Greek, it's Chrio, to, to anoint, to cover, to smear. So Jesus is the anointed one. He is the Christ. And the Jews are awaiting for this promised Christ, this promised Messiah, and his advent was heralded by angels. And suddenly, verse 13, there were, 
there was with the angel then a multitude of angels of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Amazing events. So the Jews expected the Messiah. Yes. But they expected the Messiah to come in all his majesty to establish his kingdom on earth, to overthrow the powers that would be prevalent at the time, to fulfill the promise of David or to David of the continuation of his kingdom. They did not expect a helpless babe lying in a feeding trough. Isaiah tells us in chapter 55, God's ways are not our ways. But you know, just as Joseph believed, just as Mary believed the message, the lowly shepherds believed the message that they were given and they believed it had come from God himself. Because they said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem, verse 15, and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary, and they found Joseph, and they found the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw this, they said, uh, we were told, they made known the saying that has that had been told them concerning this child. What was the saying that had been told them concerning this child? That's what they communicated. The saying was this, For unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. That is the saying that they proclaimed. Because that was the saying that was communicated to them by the angel and then confirmed by the great heavenly host. And all who heard it, this saying, wondered, verse 18, at what the shepherds told them. This is awesome. This is amazing. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart because she knew too it had been revealed to her. This was the event that the world was waiting for and the world needed. And Scripture confirms the fact. Remember in the genealogy we looked at last week in Matthew's Gospel, in verse 16, chapter 1, And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. John 11, 27, Martha, the sister of, me, uh, of Lazarus, said to Jesus, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ the Son of God who is coming into the world. When Peter in Matthew 16, 16 saw Jesus, was asked about, uh, about Jesus, who do you, Jesus asked him, who do you say I am? Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that really is the message that the New Testament church has proclaimed ever since. Acts 5, day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they, the apostles, never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the one who was to come. Remember Acts 17, Paul in Thessalonica. He reasoned with them from the Scriptures, 
explaining and proving that the Christ had to suffer and the Christ had to rise from the dead. And Paul, uh, and Paul insisted, this Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Christ. <laughs> so, since apostolic times, the name Christ has become the proper name for Jesus, the person whom Christians recognize as God, as Redeemer, as the Redeemer of Israel. And it was in Antioch that the followers of Jesus, the followers of the way, were first called the Christ ones, the Christians. So friend, are you a Christian? Are you a follower of the Christ, the Savior? Have you come to see that the Christ, the Messiah, can be your Savior, and the Savior can only be the Christ, Messiah? There is no other way to be saved, because salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name given under heaven whereby men or women can be saved. And at the end of John's Gospel, John makes it very clear why he wrote what he wrote. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. So Jesus is Savior. Jesus is Christ. Jesus is Messiah. But the amazing thing is, is what we're going to finish with, that the Messiah is none other than God Himself. Savior, Christ, Lord. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. In the Greek, kurios. So the, now, this is where we get excited. Jesus is Lord. That is a, 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 an amazing statement. That's why this baby born was such an amazing event. Who is there in yonder stall? At whose feet the shepherds fall. It is the Lord. A wonder story. It is the Lord. The King of glory. So why are we excited by this? So the Greek grammar in which this was written is very important. We would expect that the Lord, the second of the two words, to be written in the genitive case, which would read, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Lord's Christ. He is the Christ of the Lord. Genitive. And that would have been true. Because the people were waiting for the Lord's Messiah, the Messiah of the Lord the Christ of the Lord, the Messiah was sent by the Lord God. But no one expected that the Messiah would be the Lord Himself, God Himself. Not only the Lord's anointed, 
but the anointed one who is the Lord. He himself, Psalm 130, will redeem Israel from all their sins. So, in the Greek version of the Old Testament, the Septuagint, the word kurios, Lord, is used to translate the great Hebrew word for God, Yahweh Jehovah. And the disciples of Christ, knowing this, didn't hesitate to transfer or to move the title to Jesus, thereby indicating that they believed that this baby was none other than Jehovah, than Yahweh himself. To say that Jesus is Lord is to say that Jesus is God. Now, some of us had Jehovah's Witnesses at our doors yesterday. But they struggle with this fact, and they don't believe it. Even although the Bible tells us, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and that Word became flesh, became a baby. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. But to fit into the warped theology, they will translate, in the beginning was a word, the word was with God, and the word was as a God, small g. doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense in the grammar. doesn't make sense in the Bible. So you've got to be so careful. Jesus is Lord. That's why people bow down to him. That's why the shepherds did, and that's why we do, because we worship him as who he is. He is God. He is Lord. And in Luke chapter 1, we notice what the angel Gabriel said to Zechariah regarding what would be true of the son born to him and Elizabeth. Luke 1, 17, John the Baptist would go on before the Lord. You know, what? To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And as prophesied, John the Baptist would be the forerunner of the Christ. Remember Elizabeth's words to Mary. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And Mary herself acknowledged Jesus as Lord and Savior in her Magnificat, her song, My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And in the New Testament, we read of Jesus speaking to his disciples, You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made them both Lord and Christ, that this Jesus whom you crucified. And every Sunday we finish with the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And in Romans we read, If we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. 
He is Lord. He is Lord, and He is risen from the grave, and He is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Today, in the town of Bethlehem, a Savior has been born. He is Christ, the Lord. Is he your Savior? Is he your Christ? Is he your Lord? We were thinking about Simeon in the temple as he took the baby Jesus in his arms. And you can imagine this scene in one of two ways. Lord, looking up to heaven. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. Now he's holding the baby. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. But the picture that I have is different. He's looking down at this baby. And he's saying to this baby, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Jesus Christ is Lord. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for sending Jesus. And we thank you that it was he who came and that he makes all the difference to everyone who comes to him. And we pray that everyone here, Jew or Greek, rich or poor, young or old, Lord, that we would all come and bow the knee to Jesus, the author of salvation, who is mighty to save, the one who was Lord at his birth and before. Amen. We pray now for the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, to rest and remain with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Just be silent as you sit, just for a moment, and reflect on God's message today. Yes, Lord, thank you for 
your presence with us and your peace that passes all understanding. Continue with us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.